1969, one of America's most trusted news anchors, Walter Cronkite, a name that many of you remember and probably remember watching, made an announcement that Chattanooga was the dirtiest city in America. Eleven years after that, Patty and I had the good fortune of moving to this area to serve Apison United Methodist Church. From time to time, we would go downtown and visit, but quite honestly, there wasn't much to attract us there. Particularly over toward the riverfront, it was an area that was filled with dilapidated buildings. There was a great deal of debris, and there was a high crime rate in downtown Chattanooga at that point. We moved away in 1986 and then returned to the area, to Hamilton County, in 2002. And the transformation that began after our departure and that had been taking place until 2002 and then what followed has been truly amazing. The transformation in the riverfront with anchors on both sides of the river, with one being the aquarium on the other side being Coolidge Park, transformed each side of the river. Then came innovation after innovation in Chattanooga, the smart grid gig city, transforming an old neglected production ammunition site into a center for producing automobiles. Hamilton County and Chattanooga are radically different today than when Patty and I lived here in the 1980s. All of these changes came about largely because someone or some group had a vision. A vision for transforming the riverfront, a vision for becoming a city that was expanding in digital technology and being a leader in that particular area, a city that was connected, and a vision for manufacturing. Now, one of the wisest people to ever have lived, Solomon, wrote this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is critical to moving forward, especially when people are living in a precarious kind of situation. And our lesson this morning from Nehemiah is that of vision. Last week, Pastor Amanda Uh, shared with us that after three days of Nehemiah being in the city of Jerusalem, he began an assessment of what the city was like. He inspected the walls. He found that the situation was dire and the people were in jeopardy. But Nehemiah, when he had finished his inspection, He gathered the leadership of the city together. And he started with some words that, quite frankly, seemed to be a bit of a shock. You would probably expect Nehemiah, when he gathered those folks together, to share with them who he was. That he had been given an official mission from the emperor of Persia And that emperor had resourced him to do that particular mission. You would expect that Nehemiah would have shared about how that God had worked miracles for him to come to Jerusalem and for Jerusalem to do this great work that was ahead. But what Nehemiah shared was this. 
You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in, in ruins with its gates burned. Now, every person who heard Nehemiah say those words knew the reality. They knew what their city looked like. They knew that they were in jeopardy. They knew the risk. But Nehemiah, in his words, brought them to an understanding of where they were. In a classic uh, leadership book called Good to Great, uh, Jim Collins devotes a chapter in that book to the critical need for companies and businesses who long to rise out of difficult situations to face what he calls the brutal facts. He maintains that it's not just enough for leaders to share the vision, but they have to help the folks understand the true situation. As we move forward into what we hope is post-pandemic days, our church faces what businesses, organizations, and institutions all around the world are facing. We have come through a period of difficulty which has caused many of the things that are important to us to be less than they have been. And there's a great uncertainty about what the future will be. Last Sunday, again, Pastor Amanda gave us an assessment of our condition and reflected on how that uh, our present in-person worship is, is about half of what it has been. She talked with us about the status of our small groups, the condition of children's and student ministries. And quite honestly, as I was listening to that, I found that to be a, a sobering reality as we heard something about the brutal facts. You know, when church is reopened and restrictions are lifted and most people feel comfortable in being back in public gatherings, I expect that we will see a reduction in all overall participation of people both in person and online. You see, during this period of time, there have been many who have uh, not been participating in any way in the life of the church who formerly were very active. And some have gotten in the, ha in the habit of not uh, viewing the service, and some have gotten in the habit of not participating in person. And as all of us know, those can be habits that are difficult to break. We'll also find that as things resume, there will be some families not with us any longer. Some of those families have found other places to worship, and some have decided not to return. Even now, there are those realities that cause grief to many of us who are aware of some, who some of those families are. Another brutal reality is that for some time, even before the pandemic began, the church was going through a transition. The culture around us had been changing, and COVID-19, quite frankly, has accelerated that particular change. That's been going on for, at least from my experience, at least the past decade. But now it has accelerated to a very fast pace. You see, 
About a decade before and the decades that preceded that, church really depended upon what is sometimes referred to as an attractional model to get people connected to the life of the church and connected to Jesus. If a church had a good location, had good worship, great singing, a handsome director of music, if it had a great children's ministry, youth ministry, senior adult ministry, and the list can go on, people would be attracted to that particular church. Largely in church, the front door where most people came into the life of that church, particularly new people, was through the worship service of the church. And if people were greeted with radical hospitality, if people reached out, welcomed them in, people would generally stay connected to that church Connect to that community and connect to Jesus Christ. But our culture was, is, and has changed. Now, while there are still people attracted to church, it's not as effective as it once was. And if we depend upon that model, what we discover is that our church may maintain its present size but in general, churches will begin to shrink. And so we've got to do things differently. We've got to do things differently. We have to shift how we do ministry if we want to be the church that God wants us to be. In the bedroom where uh, Patty and I sleep when we visit with her mother, there is a, a manual typewriter uh, in the room. Uh, it's actually quite valuable because it is an antique and a relic. There's a picture of the, uh, of the typewriter. Um, you know, a few decades ago, it, it was a, a typewriter, and typewriters like it were used in probably every office in America. But today, you won't find it in any office unless it's just on display as an antique. Now, we still use keyboards, we still type, but our keyboards are all attached to our computers, our digital equipment. Well, just as there is an era gone by, the church is in a place of needing to make some shifts. Now, once Jeremiah, Nehemiah had shared uh, his vision, he then... He, as he shared what had gone on, he then shared what his vision was. And he said to the people, Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we may no longer suffer disgrace. His vision was clear. His vision was succinct. And the leaders were moved by his vision and quickly got on board. They were able to share his vision the vision of doing something that they all long for. For now more than three decades, Udawai United Methodist Church has been a beacon located along Interstate I-75. Probably all the people that you know who live somewhere else and travel I-75, they know where this church is located because it is a beacon. 
This church has reflected the light and love of Jesus Christ to people in Northeast Hamilton County and South Broward County for a long time. This church has been filled with people who have lived in this community all their lives as well as people who have moved to this particular community. This church has reached out in love to people who have been hurting, people who are in need. This church has sought to partner with Jesus Christ to bring His redeeming, loving, healing grace and help to people in this area and people around the world. For many years, the people of Udawai United Methodist Church have shared the vision of this church being a growing and thriving congregation where Jesus Christ is lifted up and people connect with the Savior and that we are a part of this community that truly makes a difference. We seek, have sought to reach across the generations so it's not just one group of people, but we are a family together with young, middle, and older folks joining together, serving together, ministering together, caring for one another. And coming out of this pandemic, I believe that all of us long to rebuild the vibrant church that Udawa has been. We long to see people becoming a part of our congregation and our church growing and being strengthened. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? I invite you to join in making this vision of rebuilding this vibrant church and moving forward into the future that God wants and has for us. I invite you to be a part of that. You see, we have great hope before us. The mission is great before us. And together, with God's help, we can see great things happen. For some time, the strategy of how that we can move forward with God's vision, those strategies have been kind of stirring among some of our leaders and particularly been stirring in my heart. And as I think about the strategy of how we move forward into our future, there's a word that just keeps rolling around in my mind, and it's a word you hear used in many other contexts, but it's the word hybrid. The word hybrid. Just the other day, I, I, I looked on my email, and there was an email from one of my favorite restaurants, Tzatziki's. Do you all like Tzatziki's? I, I, I love Tzatziki's. Tzatziki's is a, is a good restaurant here in the area. And, you know, Tzatziki's, they had to do something different when the pandemic struck because they weren't able to service people in person as they had. In order to stay in the business, they had to go hybrid. And so they figured out a way to do takeout. You could call up and you could then go pick the food up. But they also decided that they would try something else, that they would go to where people are. So they started making deliveries. You could, you could sign up and you could make they'd make deliveries for you up on Signal Mountain. One For a few weeks, they did, actually did it here at Udawa Church in various places in the city. They went hybrid. They took their wares to where people were. And guess what? If we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, if we're going to be the people that God has called us to be, we are going to have to go to where people are. 
They're not just going to arrive at church anymore. Some will, yeah, some will. And we need to treat them well. But we're going to have to go to where people are because we've got something to share with the nations. A Savior who loves them, a Savior who can transform them, a Savior who can make a difference, a Savior who can change this world. And we got to go to where people are. Part of that hybrid strategy is something that has become very important to us through the midst of the pandemic. You see, there were a period of time that none of you could have experienced worship at Udawai United Methodist Church by being here because we were closed on campus for in-person worship. And so to get a hold of that, you had to, we had to stream the service, and we're still streaming the service. And there are folks this morning that are participating in worship with you by live stream. And we had to pick up our game. Uh, Brad has worked hard to make that happen here in the sanctuary. He's faced frustration after frustration in doing so. But we discovered we got to step up our game. And what we know now is that there will be people in moving forward into the future that will be reached by the ministry of this church who will connect to this community of faith online through social media, through streaming of services. And we don't want them just to watch. We want them to be connected. What Jonathan was sharing about our website and the way that we're going to be streaming our services is a part of what that looks like moving forward into our future. But also, we've got to connect with people on a personal level as well. We've got to connect with people in a hybrid sense of not just our groups on campus being just us, or where I grew up, usins. Y'all don't know what the word usins is, but Amanda knows it because she grew up in that part of the world. But not just us, but people who are not yet a part of Christ's church and community. Imagine for a moment, there are a couple of guys in the church who still can move about, and they say, you know, we like to play basketball, and our church has a, has a gym, and you know, we got some friends, and they've got some friends who like to play basketball. What if the church lets us use the gym to play basketball, and we invite our friends, and when they come, we, 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 we pause as we begin to to have a, a short devotion together and we, we pray together and we, 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 we care for one another and we play basketball and we kind of roughhouse in the gym, you know, a night or two a week. What if a couple of people in the church begin to think and they know of some people they love, maybe some neighbors, maybe some family members who aren't engaged in a faith community, are not connected to a church, and they'll say, you know, why don't we have a small group that, that meets in our house and let's invite them to come and to be with us. And through that process, those who come get connected to that faith community, even our faith community and get connected more to Jesus. The realities of what we can do is we reach out in those kind of ways is enormous because all of us live in communities. All of us have things that we enjoy to do that others enjoy doing. And we can connect to people in real ways. And the good news is, the two examples I gave you, one already is a reality. 
And the second is becoming a reality very soon. Wow, we're going to be playing pickleball in our gym and people are going to be invited to do that. And, and it's not just going to be Uwa folk. It's going to be folks, a lot of whom, who need Jesus. We can make a difference. This church has made a difference now for, for over, well over 150 years, nearly 160 years. And we're going to continue to make a difference into the future. And God needs you. All of you. You who are here this morning, you who are watching online, God needs all of us to join together and rebuild. You see, when Nehemiah gave the vision, the people said yes, and they made their commitment to do so. And I pray this morning that you would make your commitment to God, saying, God, whatever you want me to do. It may be supporting ministries that are already in existence that will continue moving into the future. It may be something brand new, but that you'll say, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. And when we do that, we will be amazed at what God will do through this church in not only rebuilding, but building for a bride and glorious future. I would invite you to join me now in a word of prayer and in a time of commitment. Father, we need you. Lord, we can't do this alone. And Lord, some things seem a bit scary, just to be honest. We're not certain of a lot of things, Lord, but Lord, we know this, that you have a plan, you have a vision. And Lord, we pray now that we would be a part of what you want. Give us the courage, Lord, to step out where we need to step out. Give us the strength and ability to do what we need to do. And Lord, in doing so, may Jesus be exalted and may people come to know our Savior and may their lives be transformed and may our world be changed. For we make our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. This morning before Brett leads us, I just want to offer to you a way and a symbol of joining in this process. In the back as you leave, there's a little basket with just little cut nails in them. And I want to warn you, these cut nails are not clean and building's not clean. And so you may get a little bit of uh, residue on your hands, but that's okay because it will remind you of our commitment to rebuild together. But I encourage you to take one of these with you, place it in your pocket, and when you reach in your pocket, just remind that we are building for the future here at Uduai United Methodist Church. Put it in your purse. Lay it on your dresser so that when you look at your dress, you'll find it. But have it somewhere where you can feel it, where you can see it, so that we'll be reminded that we're in this together and God is going to help us build in their future. Amen.